The following episode of Olympus Radio contains strong language for any listeners under 13. Listener discretion is advised. A half-blood of the eldest gods shall reach 16 against all odds and see the world in endless sleep. The hero's soul and curse blade shall reap. A single choice shall end his days. Olympus to preserve or raise. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Olympus Radio. I am Lucas, son of Hermes. And I'm Haley, daughter of Aphrodite. And how are you, my friend? I'm I'm alright. How are you? I am living life. You're living Honestly, I can I can tell why. Because mm. you know what? You know what? We have changed a format of this podcast. Oh yes we have. Yes we have. <laughs> you know, would you like to tell them or Sure. Um so we're just trying to it is difficult to talk about the mythology and everything that kind of yes. encompasses that without being sort of explicit. So we've changed our rating yes. on iTunes and Spotify and our hosts and stuff like that from clean to explicit because, because there's so many adult themes and there's triggers and stuff like that for people that it's just better off that if we're going to do the mythology breakdown and we're going to do the mythology breakdown. We're going to do it. The right way, unadulterated. And we're not going to really... And that means that it also gives us way to kind of... If a expletive Word leaks out se- every once yeah. in a while... It's okay, because we're all adults here. We're all adults some here. some of us, but... I mean, I'm sure... <laughs> I don't think there's anything that can stop kids from listening to explicit podcasts anyway. Yeah. Like, they're going to yeah. find a way. Yeah. But, I mean... Plus, it gives us an opportunity to speak and voice our actual opinion without sounding like we're glossing over a lot of things. So, Which, I'm glad you brought that up, because I want to say something that I didn't say in one of the other episodes. <laughs> because I, I stopped myself, because I was like, no, we're a clean rating, but now we're not. No, we're so not. So what I was going to say about when, when we were talking about Dionysus, and I, I asked, what, what are they going to do when he's done with his 100, 100 years of service at the camp? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, well, oh. they're just going to have to pimp out Dionysus and oh, start wow. banging out those babies wow. to start getting his <laughs> kids to grow those vines. <laughs> so that's where we're at in terms of rating. <laughs> all right. All right. This is this is this is cool. Yeah. Was there anything that you ever wanted to say that you didn't get? We're airing it out right now before we even start the, the summary. No, for me, it was always just difficult. Like, um trying to do my own chapter subject, chapter summary in my own terms without, like, being my real, authentic self. Yeah. So, it was, a, it was a challenge, but it was good to do it that way. You actually came to me and told me, hey, we're going to have to change this because... Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about the ability to reach more people and be more relatable to people. And so, honestly, it's all so that more people can listen to this podcast because... Yeah, we love we love to he, to get viewers. We and, would love it. We would love to or listeners. Sorry, I keep saying viewers. Yeah, he. I, I, I. We actually had a thing about that before we even started the thing. He keeps saying uh, viewers, and I'm like, what are they looking at? <laughs> are they okay. just staring at our logo? Like, yes. <laughs> but please rate and review us. Um, it really iTunes, helps. Yeah. It really helps. Please, it really does. Honestly, like, and at this point, what's like. 
it doesn't take long. Just go on iTunes, go on yeah. Apple Podcasts, hit that five star. Boom. We're trying to do the best we can. All right. So last chapter we covered was chapter six. Yes, which was... Oh, well, I become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so briefly tell us what happened. Well, last chapter, I gave you my heart. The very next chapter, you gave it away. I like that. Thank you. That was cute. Yeah. That was cute. See, okay. I'm not changing that much. I honestly will probably still do the same stupid jokes. Um, All right. Well, last chapter... <laughs> Last chapter, Chiron started showing Percy around. He showed him the cabins, mm-hmm. he showed him the rock climbing wall, showed him pretty much all the the main attractions at camp. And essentially, Chiron kind of broke things down for him a little bit too, in terms of lore and everything. And then he just kind of left him with Annabeth. And then Annabeth kind of introduced him to his new cabin. Mm-hmm. Percy kind of made a fool of himself, tripped through the doorway. You know, oh, wow. happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And then... Annabeth kind of scolds him. Nobody's telling him anything and making him feel really stupid about it. Yeah. And then Ares camper Clarice comes over, tries to give him a nice, nice, awesome swirly, introduce him to that that shit water, and <laughs> and uh, the toilets and showers and faucets explode and kind of push them out. Saves him. He's dry. It's the only one that's not wet mm. in the girls' bathroom. And. Uh, he got everybody else wet. Yeah, he got everybody else wet. That's the son of Poseidon for you. All right. <laughs> and it kind of right. ended with Annabeth being like, I want you on my team for Capture the Flag. Exactly. Which is Guess the so. opposite of what happens in the movie. Ooh. Someone's still a little bit salty because they saw a certain film last night. Lucas told me I had to watch it. I didn't want to. I was going to stop at Medusa. Like, I made it as far as Medusa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What was the line that she said that made you stop? Like, I dated your daddy. <laughs> and I'm like, are you... F- are you fucking kidding me? Yo, for real. Like, and you know what? I'm so glad that we have changed this to explicit so because that I can voice exactly just how angry I am about this bullshit movie. It is like, you're fucking inaccurate. You're inaccurate as fuck. It's, so. not, it's not even just that it's inaccurate. The writing, terrible. Mm-hmm. The blocking, terrible. <laughs> Okay, for more on that on 11. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> and he's making me watch Sea of Monsters too. Yeah, you have to. Which is less of a freaking, like, car crash. Listen, my thing is this like, if you're gonna start something, just finish it, you know? Like, I been with people that have gone to the movies, I have paid my money, and then I had to sit there and watch them leave. Like, I know the movie sucks, but I paid money. You're going to have to sit down with me and watch this film. I'm like you with that. Like, I don't I don't leave the movie theater. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief was the one movie I almost... I didn't walk out on it because I, I had... It's like a car... Like I said, it's like a car wreck. You mm-hmm. can't look away from the mangled bodies hanging out the, the cracked windshield. Okay. Like... <laughs> now you're getting, like, super authentic, Haley. Um... But, like, you can't look away. And that's what it was in the movie theater. But I almost walked out of that movie literally scene one. Wow. I almost turned it off last night. Scene one. Because, like, Because Poseidon just... just walks out of the water as a giant and some fisherman dude's like, Godzilla! Godzilla! Like, he doesn't say Godzilla, but... They don't even show up until, like, almost the very end of the film. Who? 
Or the very end of the book, sorry. Yeah, no. Poseidon. You don't even see it. But he's like all over talking to Percy in his head. Like, no. He just gives him signs and helps him out. In the in the book. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at me. But it's like okay. so subtle, you can't even tell. It's, uh... <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so, this episode we're covering chapter seven. My dinner goes up in smokes. All right. <laughs> sorry. Are you going to be okay too? I'm still fuming. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It was a traumatic experience. I have to, like, talk to my therapist about it. Whoa. It was serious then. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I get so frustrated. It's okay. Go ahead. For some, of, for some of you guys that read the chapter, you know where we're at. And for those that are coming into this journey for the first time, um, get ready to dive in. Get ready to dive in. So, follow us along. Hmm? Follow us along. Follow us along. Like the white rabbit. Yeah. I am the Eggman. You are the Eggman. Stop it. I am the walrus. Cuckoo kachoo. Cuckoo kachoo. Okay, I, I, I was like, okay, um, is this a Beatles song? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So chapter seven. So basically in the chapter, words of the bathroom incident spread immediately. Wherever Percy went, Campers pointed and murmured something about toilet water, or maybe they were just looking at Annabeth, who was still pretty wet, Percy thought. She showed Percy a few more places, like the metal shot where people, we saw campers, like, make weapons. The arts and crafts room where Percy saw satyrs making sculptures and stuff. And the climbing wall, which is very interesting because in the book it was described as being consist of two walls facing each other that trembled, like through boulders that you sprayed lava and collide with each other if you didn't reach to the top. Is that your boulder? That's a nice boulder. <laughs> I love that boulder. <laughs> <laughs> so when they return to Canoeing Lake, Annabeth tells Percy that dinner is basically at 7.30 and <laughs> to follow his cabin to the mesh hall. Percy tries to apologize to Annabeth about the incident, whatever she said, and, it w- and that it wasn't his fault either. Annabeth looks at Percy skeptically. Yes. <laughs> and that's when Percy realized that it was his fault. He didn't know how, but... Percy made the water shoot out from the bathroom fixtures. Somehow, the toilet responded to him. Annabeth quickly tells Percy that he needs to speak to the Oracle. And Percy's like, who? And she's like, not who, but what? I'll talk to Chiron. And he's like, again, like... Like, thank you. Thank you for this information that I do not know anything about. But let's <laughs> proceed. Let's proceed. Percy stares into the lake, wishing someone would give him, like, a straight answer for once. And no then, kidding. No, for real. Uh, and then he noticed two teenage girls sitting legs crossed at the base of the pier, about 20 feet below. They're sitting crisscross applesauce. <laughs> crisscross applesauce? It's so cute. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was cute. So, in the book, they're described as wearing blue jeans, shimmering green shirts, t-shirts, to be correct, and brown hair that floated loosely on their shoulders as minnows darted in and out. What are it's minnows? Good. Little fish. Got and it. it's a good thing they're underwater because I am thirsty. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. They both waved at Percy like he was a, a long-time friend. friend. So Percy waved back. Don't encourage them. Nyads are terrible flirts, <gasps> Annabeth said. My type of girl. Exactly. Which brings us to our mythology breakdown. The introductions of the naiads. Yeah, the naiads. 
And today, I will not be doing the mythology breakdown. The past few times I've, you know, done the mythology breakdown, but Lucas is doing it today, so... Hey, hey, hey. So, take it away, Lucas. All right. So, Nyads is the water form of nymphs in Greek mythology. Now, nymphs are these creatures that are vital and associated with the elements of the earth. Like nature spirits. Yeah, nature spirits. Like, there's a nymph for, earth, like, trees and stuff. There's a nymph for the wind. for And then the nymph specifically that is in this chapter is the water nymph, the naiads. Mm-hmm. And in Greek mythology, the nymphs, or naiads, are ancient Greece and important figures and are considered to be minor deities. The importance of nymphs came because of their association with the elements of nature, with many nymphs associated with vital elements of water. So in in this version of mythology, they're all daughters of Oceanus, the titan, a god of the ocean, you know, and they're considered to be very beautiful, but vengeful as well. Does Oceanus have them, or is there somebody that he he gets jiggy with? So yeah, so in in this version of mythology, like Oceanus, their three their three thousand daughters are also like the Naiads were innumerable, innumerable, innumerable daughters of Potamoi. It looks like yeah, Potamoi, 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 Potamoi. So <laughs> Polaroid. <laughs> it's a Kodak moment. Oh my god, Justine. I'm sorry. Okay. Alright. As freshwater nymphs, naiads are closely associated with fountains, lakes, springs, rivers, and wetlands. But in general speaking, naiads are not considered to be most helpful nymphs in Greek mythology, for they could be very vengeful and angered. So an example of a vengeful naiad comes from the story of Daphnis and Normia. Normi- Normia? Nomia. Where are we at? Right here. Yeah, I'm going to say Nomia. Nomia? Nomia. Nomia. Nomia, no. So in this story, Dal... I keep saying Delphine. I know. Uh, <laughs> Daphnis is a, um, was a shepherd in Sicily, and Nomia was this water nymph or naiad that fell in love with him. But... Like, she, well, not but, like, she was literally devoted to him and faithful to him, but he was deliberately intoxicated or in love with a princess in Sicily. I think she literally got him drunk, too. Oh, just to, just to yeah. yeah. Okay, so she seduced him. Yeah. Okay, all right. She, like, roofied him, probably. Okay. I Women mean, can be predators. Exactly. Not just men. Not just men. <laughs> when she found out, no, when... Nomia found out she blinded him. Oh, that's just one of many stories with the Nyads because they're loosely intertwined in a lot of its mythologies. And that's why we're not trying to like break it down like that. Yeah, because they're not. There's not that much about like especially water nymphs like Nyads. Yeah, they're just the in general they're just daughter of Oceanus and Potamoi. Potamoi. There we go, Potamoi. But back to the chapter. Back to the chapter. Gotta get back to the past. And mer- no, different song. That was a solid show, though. So, Percy, feeling overwhelmed, said, Nyads? Nope, that's it. I want to go home now. 
I'm like, I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him. Don't you get it, Percy? You are home. This is the only safe place for kids like us. Annabeth tells him, like, oh, wait, you mean, like, mentally disturbed kids? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Percy said, so, in page 94... He's just not... He's, he really is for any of this information they're giving him. No, so, in page... <laughs> like... Because of there's so many dialogues. I'm going to read this little dialogue from page 94. Yeah. Um, it says, <clears throat> I mean, not human. Not totally human anyways. Like, half human. Half human and half what? Like, I think you know. I didn't want to admit it, but I I was afraid I did. I felt the tingling in my limbs. A sensation I sometimes felt when my mom talked about my dad. God, I said. Half God. Which is very interesting. Like, finally, the first piece to a variety of puzzles that you're about to get into. Yo, God. <laughs> like, oh, gods. <laughs> oh, gods. <laughs> Annabeth then tells Percy that his dad isn't dead, but one of the Olympians. Percy thinks it's crazy at first, but Annabeth quickly assures him that that was one of the most common things gods did in old stories was running running around falling in love with humans and having children with them which in my opinion she's literally skimming <laughs> like she didn't even hit a threshold of half of the of the crap they were involved oh, with your God. um they were responsible for the children war they were res- oh, <laughs> they were responsible for the annihilation and the extinction of the Amazons, which they are a real Greek mythology story. Yes, absolutely, and we will get into them. <laughs> we will get into them. Um, they're literally responsible for causing these, mind you. Sometimes are the humans in this in the in the mythology, but in most of the stories, it's them being salty and causing a whole challenge. And oh, my God. When a human actually wins, they get even pettier. Oh, yeah. That Their story consists of them being petty. Should we talk about Arachne or just wait? No, no, yeah. no. Arachne Let's... just says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to... Like, Athena... Mm, uh, we'll we get just, there. Yeah, yeah. So back to the freaking chapter. <laughs> <laughs> then asks Percy that he thinks that they changed their habits in the last millennia. No, they didn't. No. 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 Percy then asks Annabeth if all the kids if all the kids at camp were demigods then who was her father he noticed that she tightens her fist as if he trespassed in a sensitive subject she tells him that her dad is a professor at West Point and she hasn't seen him since he since she was very small and he teaches American history so he asks if Annabeth was a human are you human <laughs> so he asks Annabeth if her dad was a human. Annabeth got to the defense and was like, "What? You just assume that all male gods fi- are the only ones that could find hu- um, human females attractive? How sexist is that?" And I'm Yo, like, "I love it that she called him on sexism." And I, to me, I'm like, "I get you. Your points are valid, but he is literally on his first day. Like, calm." <laughs> The hell yeah, down. He still calm doesn't know down. anything. Like, calm down. <laughs> like you, it, it's, oh, but it's okay for you to ask him about the summer solstice. Okay? Right. Okay, but whatever. <laughs> we'll get into that. When he's half conscious. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he, he tries to like keep the conversation going. He was like, then who's then who's your mother then? She's like, oh, Kevin Six. He's like, and meaning like Athena, the the goddess of war and ooh. I mean, wrong, yeah. wrong god. I mean, she, 
Kind of. Like, she's kind of, Well, battle strategy, but, like, yeah. also war. But in... On paper, she is Athena, the goddess of wisdom, and war strategy. So, Percy was like, why not? So, he asked about his dad. He's like, what about my dad? She quickly tells him, like, you're still undetermined. Yeah. Like, stop playing. And, like, nobody knows. And... But Percy thought maybe his mom knew. He's like, maybe my mom does. He's like... But, like, Annabeth looked at him like she didn't want to burst his bubble. Like, girl... I mean, okay. So she basically replies to him, like, maybe not. Gods don't always reveal their identities. Percy protests that his dad would have because he loved his mom. And that's what she gives him that cautious look, like she didn't want to burst his bubble. Yeah. So she just kept the movie, she just kept him going, just agree with him, like, okay, maybe you're right. Like, maybe your dad will send you a sign, like, claiming you as his son. I mean, sometimes it happens. And then that's when Percy realized, like, sometimes, like, so you're saying, like, sometimes it doesn't? She's like, I mean, yeah, the gods are busy. They have a lot of kids. And, you know, basically what she basically tells them, like, they ignore them. They don't give a crap about them. They just pop them out and just keep them moving. Yeah. I mean, look at Hermes, Kevin. Mind you, some of them are undetermined, yeah. but a lot of their, their those are his. Yeah. Those are his kids. <laughs> Which, like, it, it reminded him of some of the kids in, in the cabin and how depressed they looked. Like, they'd never been claimed, like, they're waiting for something that's never going to come. So, Percy's like, so I'm stuck here for the rest of my life? Is that what is that what you're telling me? So, she's like, well, it depends. Like, some some campers, like children of of Aphrodite and Demeter, they don't really, they don't have that much powerful force. So monsters ignore them. So they could, like, get by for a few months of summer training and then live on the mortal world. But campers like Annabeth and, like, higher-ups, yeah. they don't get to leave. They're year-rounders. So, Probably, like, Clarice. Yeah, Clarice yeah. and Luke. Yeah. And Luke. So in the mortal world, like... The minute they step into the mortal world, like, she explains to him, like, they attract monsters, monsters can sense them, and challenge them. She also tells him, like, sometimes monsters will ignore them until they grow up enough to cause trouble, like she explains in the book. And, like, around 11 or 12. Oh, no, wrong. Wrong. 10 or 11. (laughs) (laughs) After that, like, she basically tells him, like, after 11 or 10, like... If you are a demigod, either you make your way to the camp or you get killed. Simple as that. Fun choices. Fun choices. Like, really. And she also lets them know, like, some do manage to survive, but then there are others that don't even know that they're demigods, but that's really rare. Yeah. After that, Percy asks if monsters could get in the camp, but she shook her head and assures him that unless they were being stalked in the woods, which I thought, like, being stalked for, like, like battles, like, simulations. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Or if if summoned by someone in the camp, the she basically tells him, like, the borders are sealed to keep monsters out and mortals. Like, from the outside, mortals only look at the valley and see nothing but just strawberry fields in the farm. So... Percy asks Annabeth, like, if she was a year-rounder. So that's when she proceeded and took off her necklace. And this is the second time we see the necklace. Because the first time he sees the necklace was in the last chapter when he met Luke. But hers was a little different. Because it she had five clear beads of different colors. But she had one big golden college ring strung around it. So I'm assuming hers are dad's. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So she explains to him that she's been here since she was seven. And... 
and every last day of summer, like that you'll get one for surviving the year. So, but she's been here longer than most counselors. So he being nosy as hell, like asks her. Like, He's just asking a lot of questions. At this point, I mean, like if you're not gonna like, well, honestly, to be fair, like nobody's you, telling him anything, exactly. so you're gonna ask questions. Exactly, exactly. So she he asks her like, so how young were you when you came here? Why you come here so young, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> none of your business, like. So, but she's like, oh, okay. Sitting there mad uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, so basically he just proceeds on changing the subject. And he's like, okay. So basically you're telling me that I could walk out of here, no problems. She said, yeah, you could, but not without Mr. D's or Chiron's permission. Like, they, and they just, and then she proceeds on telling him, like, they won't just give you permission just like that. Like, they'll only give you permission at the end of the summer. Or when you get a quest. But she said he, they haven't granted a quest in a long time ever since something, like, ever since the last time. And then she trailed off, like, not continuing. like, here we go again. Right. More unanswered questions. Like, <laughs> who are you, Rose Quartz? Like, <laughs> oh, dick. Oh. <laughs> Shit. I feel like such fire. a pearl right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he switches the subject and basically tells her, like, so back at the, like, sick room, when you were feeding me that stuff, um, ambrosia, you asked me something about the summer solstice. Annabeth quickly, her shoulders tense and was like, oh, so you do know something. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> he knows nothing. I don't know anything. He she's knows like, as much as Jon Snow. He quickly tells her no. And he just says like, I overheard Grover and Chiron speaking back at Yancey. You know, they're saying that they don't have enough time. They're running out of time because of some deadline. So she replies that she wishes she knew, but that she definitely knows that Chiron and Grover do know something, but they're not telling her. So so she basically says to him, like, something is definitely wrong in Olympus because the last time they were there, everything seemed normal. So Percy interjects, like, wait, you've been to Olympus? Which is, like... Really cool, before I finish the chapter, which is really cool because reading this a second time and a third time and, like, finishing the thing, he's like, here is, once again, another important little tidbit. Mind, I'm going to read it right now, but it's... I didn't notice that, like, yes, like, okay. So, at the very end of my chapter summary, like, she basically said, yeah, we've been to Olympus. Some of us year-rinders, like Luke and Clarice, took a field trip to go to Olympus. Yeah. And I'm thinking, now that you've, you know, reading the books entirely, I'm like, whoa, here it is. Yeah. Here it is. Mm-hmm. And, said, and then she basically tells Percy, like, after we left, like, immediately after they left, like, the gods were fighting, there were storms all over the city, like, like, they were pissed, like, they lost something. So I'm like, wow, why didn't I put this together? But Percy basically, like, tells her, like, how do you get there? Yeah. So he's like, she's nonchalant. And her nonchalant attitude basically tells him, like, it's the Long Island Railroad, you know? You get off Penn Station, the Empire State Building, the special elevator to the 600th floor. And then she looks at him like he's sure, like, he knew where it was already. He's like, and then she tells him, like, you're a New Yorker, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to say the B word. I'm like, go, you really, like. You're going to swing on her. I mean, wow. 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 Just the condescension. The condescension. 
like, it just drives me crazy. Just how patronizing can you be? Like, I understand she's the daughter of Athena. She's going to be a little, like, prideful about her knowledge. But, like, everybody. So, so after that, like, she basically goes, like, I'm going back to what I said earlier. Like, she basically tells them, like, right after we visited, though, like, the weather was weird. Like, 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 she explained, like, the basically, like, it felt like the guys were fighting a couple times, like, since. And she overheard Satyrs talking, and then she figured something was stolen, but they didn't know what. And then, then she overheard also that something about the summer solstice. So since she freaked out, so the minute Percy came about and the presence of Percy came known to the camp, she she was hoping like maybe this kid is. Yeah. But you know, Percy don't know anything. <laughs> so basically, she says, "I I just need a quest. I want a quest." Like she's so hungry for one. So and then you hear her talking to herself like, "I'm not too." I'm not young enough. Like, forget what they say. And then Percy, like, now basically listening to her because he smells the smell of barbecue. And that's, that's, that's my summer. That's your... That's summary. That's your summary? That was my sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no. Oh, wow. No, no, that was just... Yeah, that was my chapter summary. But you want to see what I'm saying? Like, again, like... Mind you, it was more like now they're getting interactive. Finally, he gets some questions, answers, and stuff like that. But not entirely. Again, there are pieces of stuff they're not telling him. Yeah. And it's just... And the stuff they are telling him, they're making him feel... It's no wonder he has an inferiority complex and he has a low self-esteem. Like... Look at these people. They're like, oh, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know where Olympus is at. I'm like, I just found out, like, no less than 20 minutes ago that I am a demigod. Yeah. So, back the F up. <laughs> back up. <clears throat> so... Proceed. What happens? So next, Annabeth actually, like, he, he smells the barbecue and his stomach growls. And she's like, bro, just run along to cabin 11. I got some stuff to think about. I got Just I got stuff go back to your cabin. So he gets back and everybody's kind of having a grand old time, you know, hanging out, waiting for dinner to, to sound. And Percy plops himself down on his little patch of floor that he was given his little slice of heaven in Hermes' cabin. Oh, Beautiful. And he starts, you know, he looks around, he starts noticing similar features in some of the campers. They got sharp noses, upturned eyebrows, mischievous smiles, things that, like, teachers would look at a kid and be like, oh, yeah, you're a troublemaker. Oh, mm-hmm. And, like, in my school, they would put, there was, like, two types of teachers in my schools when I was growing up. They would either put the troublemakers, like, because I've seen those types of kids, up front, and they're like, you're going to sit right here where I can keep an eye on you because you're not making trouble in my class. Or... There's the other type of teacher that would be like, get in the back of the class. I'm putting you back there because you can't shut up. And some kids do want to learn, so they're going to be up front. Before, I'm going to teach the people that want to listen. And before I moved to New Jersey, like, my in the elementary school, there was teachers like, you would never disrespect your actual teacher. Uh-huh. Because you have to be in line with them. Yeah. Because they're not playing. Yeah. It's when the substitute teacher arrives. Oh, my God. It was chaos. Chaos. There was one seems. Cats substitute. and dogs living in harmony. Total <laughs> chaos. There was one that just left. She just left us. She's like, I can't. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm leaving. And she's like, she just left. And we're like, what you are see we in her institution, oh, like we, a mental breakdown. Our actual teachers let us have it. She's like, how? They're from hell. <laughs> They're from hell. <laughs> okay, continue. I was, by the way, I was usually somewhere in the middle. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I was not a great student. Oh, the teachers love me. <laughs> so, Luke. You know, the head counselor that we met before. Mm -hmm. He comes up to Percy. He's bearing gifts. It's nice. 
Aww. Very nice gifts. He gets him a, a sleeping bag, which is pretty helpful. Otherwise, he'd just be sleeping on the floor. Hey, cool dude. Uh, and he he stole. He said he stole him some toiletries. Nice. Which is really good because, like, what was he gonna do? He has no mortal money. Like, how was he? He has no drachmas. How was he going to get a toothbrush? Um, I say. I, how was I, he gonna get shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> like, how was he gonna get soap? To wash his ass <laughs> after training. I figure, like, he'll do some Katara stuff and just water bend the water. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to do it. He doesn't even know he can. <laughs> but anyway, Luke sits there. He actually sits next to him, you know, and he starts talking. They start a conversation. And kind of, Luke notices that Percy's feeling down because Percy really feels, I mean, pardon the, the reference. I didn't actually even really mean to do this, but, like, Percy feels like a fish out of water. I didn't, uh, when I wrote it, I didn't mean to do it. And then, like, literally just natural, now looking at natural. it, I was like, that's perfect. I'm just simply a genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're Your ta- powers are in- inconsequential. I don't, even, I don't even realize that I'm doing it at this point. But Percy reali- but Percy's like, he feels, you know, out of place. He feels like he doesn't belong here. And he's still, again... Like, this is a level of denial. Like, he's like, I don't believe in gods. Oh. And it's like, it feels like he's like, and it's understandable. He's going back and forth between being like, okay, and then like, no, no, abs- no, absolutely no, no. I mean, what, I mean, I at don't, this point, what what else prove? Like, I understand you have your doubts and you're, you're skeptic about a lot of things that's happening right now. It's all within one day, but come on, bro. He, he's still got so much on his mind and he's still, there's still so much that nobody has told him. So I understand. I understand going back and forth. You're trying to rationalize things. That's what we do as humans. We try to rationalize things. We he's rationalize. He's not human. He's only half. He doesn't believe that. <laughs> so... But Luke relates to him kind of at this point where he's like, I don't believe in gods. He's like, yeah, man, I get it. I mean, we've all been there. Like, everybody coming to camp really has been there. Seriously. But he's like, but once you start to believe, it doesn't get easier. Mm-hmm. And Percy's like... Well, thanks for the pep talk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even that. Percy's like, he gets surprised because he hears bitterness in that last sentiment that Luke says. He hears a lot of bitterness. And he's like, it's weird because Luke kind of seems like a... A more easygoing guy. Yeah, he seems kind of chill. Luke is a fun guy. Like. But I'm like, I'm at this, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for anything later. Not any knowledge. What I'm saying right now is, Percy, you've had total ten seconds of a conversation with him. Yeah, you don't know. You this don't guy. know him. You don't know what type of guy he is. You yeah. don't know who he is. You don't know him, and you're like, yeah, he seems like an easy guy. And I understand. You've been to six schools in six years, so on and so forth. So like, so you have to learn people. to m- read people like right away. And you're a New Yorker, so I get that too because you have to like do threat assessment really quick. Yep. But like, so like, I get that from that. But like, still, give it twenty seconds. Oh, Maybe not ten. A minute or two. A minute or two of actually talking to him. So yeah. Anyway, so we get surprised. And, you know, Percy kind of moves the topic to Hermes, the cabin that he's in, and is like, so, Hermes is your dad. That's cool, I guess. And Luke's like... Poor kid, yo. He's really trying to make some friends out he re- here. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> it's the way... To the one person that's really being cool to him. Like, <laughs> so he's all weird and, and angrily, like, yeah, oh, I don't okay. know. And so Luke's your like, dad. <laughs> your dad is a whore. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Luke's like, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Wonderful. Wow. Like... He's like, yeah. Oh, he's that's just salty. Him. Yeah, he's just like, whatever. And he kind of lists the things that Hermes is the god of. He's like, yeah, that's him, Hermes, mes- god of messengers, medicine, travelers, merchants, thieves, and pretty much anyone who uses the roads. 
And Luke's like, that's why you're here, because Hermes ain't picky. Mm. And it's like, he kind of like downgraded him. He's like, you didn't mean to call me nobody. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what it implied. It's like, it doesn't matter who's here. He doesn't care about who you are. You're just here because you're on the road. Thus connoting that like, he isn't anybody of note. And Percy's like, I'm sure he's just got a lot on his mind. He didn't mean to call me nobody. And again, you don't know him. Yeah. You don't know what he has on his mind or not. if I was Percy, I'm like, okay, pal. Um, <laughs> is this my floor right here? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you later. Let me know when dinner's ready. <laughs> Bye. And I'm like, oof. That was like a lot. <laughs> I was like, I did not need you to unload on me. Right. I have my own issues. Like, my <laughs> mom, mom. just died. <laughs> For real. I just woke up. And in these last chapters, it's still the same day. Yeah. It this is, is all still day one. day. This is day one. <laughs> These last three chapters is still day one. So then Luke, you know, admits he's only ever met his father once. And Percy was, you know, <laughs> Percy's kind of waiting for Luke to kind of expand on the story. But he he doesn't. He, oh, no. So he doesn't really want to talk about it. So Percy just wonders, you know, if the story involves the scar on his face that he may have gotten in that story. With the scar that he already has on his face before Percy gets to camp. A quick disclaimer. Um... Haley recently just watched the Lightning Thief film, and she is highly upset that Luke never had a scar in the entirety of the film until, in their version, Percy gave him the scar. And that is totally inaccurate. But let's proceed with the chapter. So Percy appreciates Luke going out of his way to kind of make Percy feel welcome. Like, here's this old... And, like, scene and relate to him and, like, Mm -hmm. kind of just be like, yeah, dude, I get it. It's understandable. What you're feeling? Totally understandable. And Percy's like... Especially because he's, like, an older kid. He should be, like, steering way clear of me. Because, like, I'm new. I have to make my own rep. Nobody knows me yet. But, like, Luke kind of goes out of his way. And that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool of him. And Percy says he'd even stolen me some toiletries, which was the nicest thing anybody had done for me all day. And Percy, bro, you are not wrong. Wow. Like, who's wow. done anything? The nicest thing that anyone's ever done for him that day was Luke stealing... stealing. Stealing toiletries. I'm like, bro, at least he got your back. Right? Somebody. And it's like, cool. Okay, thank Luke you. Luke is the epitome of God. So then he kind of moves on to another thing. He's still got all these questions, but he's come to this one point. So I'm going to read from the chapter on page 101. I decided to ask him my last big question, the one that had been bothering me all afternoon. Clarice from Aries was joking about me being big three material. Then Annabeth, twice she said I might be the one. She said I should talk to the Oracle. What was that all about? Luke folded his knife. I hate prophecies. What do you mean? His face twitched around the scar. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Let's just say I messed things up for everybody else. The last few years, ever since my trip to the Garden of the Hesperides went sour, Chiron hasn't allowed any more quests. Annabeth's been dying to get out in the world. She pestered Chiron so much, he finally told her he already knew her fate. He'd had a prophecy from the Oracle. He wouldn't tell her the whole thing, but he said Annabeth wasn't destined to go on a quest yet. She had to wait until somebody special came to the camp. Hmm. I wonder who that is. But my question is, here's my question about that. The great prophecy that we read at the beginning of this podcast every time. Which is literally the intro of the show. Which is the intro of the show. If you didn't know, now you It doesn't... I mean, we know information, and we know what it's talking about, but like, it doesn't explicitly say... So how does Chiron know... 
that it has to do with Annabeth's destiny. Did he get a whole nother separate prophecy for himself? Was he delivered the great prophecy to begin with? I took it as Chiron is that special like creature like satyrs that are able to listen, be like watchers or like listen to other people's prophecies. Yeah. Or like able to decipher. That's why he he gets to listen to everybody's prophecy in the books yeah. and keep it to himself. Well, not really. Because there are a couple times that they keep, especially in the next few books, because now we're on the Battle of the Labyrinth, my niece and I, Oof. halfway through. Um, Damn, you're going through <laughs> those books quickly. Yeah, but there, I mean, they keep, they keep parts of the lines of the prophecy from everybody. Mm-hmm. And they just keep it to themselves. So. Yes. Yes. So Percy's like, so finally Percy, back to the chapter, Percy's like, moi, special, Special. <laughs> and Luke's like, nah. She thinks all noobs are special. But hey, dinner time and a conch shell rings through the... A through conch the, shell? Yeah, he knows that it's a conch shell too. He hears a... I don't know if that's how a conch sounds, but like that's how I'm going to make it sound. And he's like, right. oh. And Luke's like, dinner time. All right. Yeah. It's like, good, fine. I don't care. I'm ready for <laughs> eat. I'm ready to eat. Yeah. So Captain Eleven lines up to go to dinner and Percy is dead last because the lines go by seniority and they join with other cabins and all other walks of life. Dryads, naiads, you know, satyrs, all mm-hmm. this. And Percy sees total that there's about a hundred campers, a few dozen satyrs, a dozen wood nymphs and dryads. And at the dining pavilion, just like the cabins, each had a separate table, four of which being empty, which is Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, and Artemis because they are not supposed to have kids. Yes. Yes. But we don't know that yet. Technically not, but now you do. Spoiler! <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> but the Hermes table is literally so crowded that Percy's ass is half hanging off the seat. Like, it is like, he is hanging on by a cheek. Like... <laughs> His cheek is grabbing the Yeah, just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like in between the crack. He's actually sideways on the seat the at the end. Like, just like... <laughs> just a clamp. He was working on his kegels. It's good to go. You know? You should always work on your kegels. <laughs> <laughs> so Grover, he sees Grover sitting out over uh, with Dionysus at table 12. That's the Dionysus table, which is like super weird to me because Dionysus is sitting at the table too with the satyrs and his kids and stuff. And it's like, knowing Mr. D the way that we do, what kind of conversations do they have? And you know what? At this point, it doesn't matter because it, in my it, eyes, it, he's the only parental figure. Like, he is literally sitting. Regardless but if you know, he's, he's, a, you know, he's a crap or not, he's at least strong enough for his kids. Yeah, he, I was going to say, at least they know him. Like, honestly. I mean, but I don't think they would, to be fair, if he wasn't punished by going there. But they do know him. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Those kids are going to grow up to be alcoholics. <laughs> oh, my God. Or very good wine distilleries. Yeah. Uh, so Annabeth is over with other kids with blonde hair. You know, and gray eyes. Mm. Kids that look like her. I'm not salty at all. And Clarice is pretty much dried off and cooled off at this point. She's sitting with her cabin at table five, having a blast at this point. Seems to completely forget about it. So they're all sitting there and Chiron offers a toast of, to the gods. And, you know, everybody raises their glass, echoes it. Does Dionysus? Does Dionysus raise his goblet and say to the gods? No, he's looking he is at a god. He's looking at everybody like yes. So then does he me. does he just like look around and give like a queen's wave? Oh my thank god. Y'all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am most happy. <laughs> this is most good Reginald. 
man. So then the food's brought forth after everyone echoes the toast, you know. And Luke tells Percy that the goblet fills with whatever you want. Percy's like, cherry Coke. Boom. Cup fills with cherry Coke. Then he's like, wait. Blue cherry Coke. And it turns blue. And it turns blue. And he takes a sip, and it's amazing. Mm. Now... Here's the thing I did notice. I did, like, I thought about it. He asked for blue cherry Coke. And then a lot of the stuff that he asks for later and a lot of the food that he eats later is blue. But nobody, Annabeth probably knows in the future. But, like, he doesn't ever explain that to anybody. No. So, like, what do the other campers think about this kid another... who just is but quirky honestly... and eats blue food? And, like, it's like, they probably just assume, like, oh, he's Poseidon's kid. He probably just likes blue. How quirky. But then, like... How on-brand. It goes along to say, like, nobody's judging because ain't nobody got room to talk. I mean, true. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> like, Alphestus kids are just always creating and destroying. Well, yeah. But... So, I was just wondering, what what would you ask for first? You know what? Save it for the lightning bolt round. Okay. Okay. But me, personally, because I'll have a different answer later, but I would also... The first thing, not the actual thing I would drink, the first thing I would ask is fire. I would ask to see if it would fill with fire, because then I would turn to the person next to me and be like, Don't you put your name in the goblet of fire! No. No. <laughs> I said it last time. <laughs> I said it last time. <laughs> but this is, like, I wonder if it would fill with fire. Do you think it would? Because then you actually have that. Magic. No, I think the god when you're when you're dealing with god magic, I think they're not dumb. I'd be like, okay, um, you're playing games. Fine. <laughs> I think the god would be like, what you really want to drink? Stop <laughs> playing with me. And then I just never get anything because they're like, no, she you plays get too dust. much. She plays too much. Yo, for real. So then the foods pass around, and Percy sees everyone walking up to the central bazaar, and Percy's like, what the fuck? What is everybody doing? Is, is there dessert up there? Like, is there oh, more? No food? one is explaining things Nothing. to him. Okay. So Luke, Luke actually, he's like, "Come on, Percy," and he takes Percy towards the fire, as well. And Percy sees better what everyone is doing, and they're dropping the best pieces of their plates into the fire. And I'm gonna read from page 104. Uh, so follow along if you want to read along with me. But like, if you did it, just what, listen up of what's happening. Luke murmured in my ear. Burnt offerings for the gods. They like the smell. You're kidding. His look warned me not to take this lightly, but I couldn't help wondering why an immortal, all-powerful being would like the smell of burning food. Luke approached the fire, bowed his head, and tossed in a cluster of fat red grapes. Hermes. I was next. I wish I knew what god's name to say. Finally, I made a silent plea. Whoever you are, tell me, please. Which is depressing. It's like, it's it's can-crushing. It's so depressing. Can crushing. Soda pressing. Oh <laughs> damn. Who that, <laughs> that one over me. Wow. Wow, you're coming. You're very, I, you're getting creative I, with these I jokes. Really you have to. You can't re-keep that. I, I forgot that you actually did the Goblet of Fire thing, so I, that one's on me. So everyone gets back to their seats after they, you know, throw and it's depressing because Percy's like, I just wanna know who I am. I wanna yeah. know what's going on because yeah. nobody's telling me jack or shit. Like, exactly. nothing. So everyone goes back to their seats, you know, finishes their meals, and it's time for a rousing speech from Dionysus, where he kind of welcomes everybody uh, in his own special Dionysus way, and he announces Capture the Flag on Friday, says he couldn't care less who really holds the laurels, and he welcomes the new camper, Peter Johnson. <laughs> what? 
Oh, Percy Jackson. <laughs> Percy Jackson. <laughs> so Chiron pretty much does what we just did and corrects him, and he says his name. And he just dismiss- no, honestly, at I, 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 at some point you gotta know that he's doing it on purpose <laughs> because he calls it all types of different names except his actual yeah, name. I know, I love every second of it. But like, <laughs> so, so Mr. D ends up dismissing them to the campfire where there was sing-alongs, s'mores, jokes, and Percy actually like nobody was looking at him, nobody was paying attention to him anymore, nobody was whispering about him. So he's like, he actually starts, you know, chilling into the groove. Like he starts feeling okay. He's like. You know, actually, just I am starting to feel kind of like home. Yeah, feel like, warm. Feel warm, and like he feels Cozy. a little bit more welcome and everything like that. He's so, with his peoples. So then that night he goes back to his cabin. You know, holds his minotaur horn like a stuffed teddy bear. Aww, he does. And his last thoughts are his mom stories. She'd tell him not to let the bed the bed bugs bite and stuff like that. Horribly depressing, cause he's twelve. Oh, that's right. And I literally forgot his mom is still dead. Oh. Yeah. Quote, unquote. He does remind himself a couple times throughout the chapter. I didn't cover it, but it does remind himself, like, listen, especially after the blue coke. Yeah. He's like, she's not gone if there's an underworld. But then he, like, gets jogged out and he doesn't think the whole thought. Yeah. Um, but he after... He wants to continue with the day. After he thinks, after he thinks about his mom, he's laying down and he falls asleep instantly. And that's the... And finally, that's the end of his first day at camp. And that's the end of chapter seven. Finally. Holy golly gee willikers, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what the hell? Three chapters deep. And he knows next to nothing. Nothing. Like at this point, he knows like 1% more than Jon Snow knows. (laughs) Because Jon Snow knows nothing. He just tell him who to kill. Where to kill it at? And he just swings that sword. Aim him at something. Good to go. And for some reason, everyone just grab. Wait, no. <laughs> this is not a Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, for real. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's that's just f- the first twenty four hours. That's just the first. Yeah, of his his being conscious. No, because he he woke up sometime throughout the day, so it wasn't even twenty four hours. Oh my All God. of that happened within less than twenty four hours. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right, because the first, like, when he actually arrives at camp, he was in and out of consciousness. Yeah. And so um, he wakes up partway into the day, they give him the tour, and then he gets through dinner. And they're all just bombarding him with, like, oh, you're a demigod. Oh, by the way, we're all part of the gods. Your father's exists. a god. Your mother's probably dead. Yeah. Sorry about that. Probably. <laughs> and it's like, wow. That hey, is... there's some kind of prophecy. You might be part of it. Speak to the oracle. You don't know what that is? Oh, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> like. <sighs> all right, let's. Skip right, because we can't say enough. We've said it so much. We've talked about it. We're pretty much beating several dead horses about mm-hmm. them not telling him anything. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it's not going to stop ever. Um, exactly. Yeah, there's going to be a whole mound, mountain of horses that we're beating uh, okay. by the end of these books. Okay. Because people don't tell Percy anything. So now we move to our question portion of the show. Our lightning bowl round. Lightning bolt. What's yours? What is yours? What would you ask for if you could have any non-alcoholic in the... Green mango juice. Oh, sorry. I was very judgy. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Sorry. Okay. What would you have? Honestly, I would probably go with cherry Coke. But, like, I would go with, like... And you have the nerves... 
What? And you have At least it's not Diet Coke. Honestly, you know, you know what? I don't know. <gasps> the sweetest chocolate milk. Okay. Understandable. I mean, milk, go ahead. Cold chocolate. Like, okay. like near freezing point. I always like strawberry point. milk, but like, it's <gasps> Strawberry, very, any it's... kind of milk. Honestly, if it's milk, I'm drinking it. Okay, ew. I mean, okay. What? I've never, I've never had a broken bone. Thanks, vitamin D. But you can't have too much milk. It's not good for the body. It's too late. The okay. damage has been done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, my question is to you. Do you think that in terms of them serving food, you have people like magically pop up food like in like, like an HP or <laughs> like? Oh no! I think. Uh, do they have their own personal what, cooks? What is it? I, um, is there a god for food? No, I I know there's a kitchen. I mean, there is a. There is. I don't know what it is specifically. Whoa, whoa. But I think they have kitchens because they have to wash dishes. Okay. But they basically cook their own meals. No magic. Yeah. Okay. And I think the I think the dryads or the... Uh, I don't think the demigods do it. I can't remember. I'm sure they'll say it at some point. You think the nymphs does it? or like It's the, definitely the... not the harpies. All right. All right. Yeah. They stand guard. Okay, we're going to get through that next chapter. But... Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. Do we have... A listener letter today. We do not, but if you would like to send us your fan story or any questions or any comments about the podcast, anything you think we could do better, anything you could you think we could do worse, um, I mean, you want <laughs> whatever you want, just send us something to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com, spelled exactly how it sounds. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from you. It's too. a very decent episode. It was yeah. not that long. All right. That's well, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Without further ado, here are the plugs. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. If you like what you heard and want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Olympus Radio Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Olympus underscore radio. And any fan stories or emails that you want to send us, you can send to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com. We're also hosted on Anchor at anchor.fm slash olympus-radio. You can also find us on Spotify or any podcast platform by searching Olympus Radio in the search bar. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast because it helps people find us and gets us to the top of the charts. I'm Lucas. And I'm Haley. And this is Olympus Radio. May May the the gods gods be be with you. you.